Washington, D.C. is available in early access, so get your personal developer instance upgraded and start exploring. Because in this episode, we're going to share our top five favorites from our latest release. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer Podcast. Hello, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and of course, all the curious individuals that I always say with the utmost love and respect, welcome to or welcome back to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer Podcast, where we bring you the latest tools, tips, and tradecraft to accelerate your career. My name is Chuck Tomasi, Senior Developer Advocate, and I am joined by the one and only Posh Programmer, Senior Developer Advocate, Lauren McManaman. How are you today, Lauren? I'm doing fantastic, Chuck, and it's not just me as the additional developer advocate today, is it? True to form and tradition, we have our entire team of developer advocates here with us to show off the latest stuff in our release. First up, let's introduce, or perhaps reintroduce, ServiceNow Senior Developer Advocate, Pranav Bhagat, all the way from India. How are you, Pranav? Hey, Chuck. Hey, Lauren. I'm doing good. How are you folks? Excited for telling all your features? Whoop, whoop. Yes, let's get going. But before we do that, we have to bring in our final player. Of course, this lineup wouldn't be complete without ServiceNow Senior Developer Advocate Earl Duque. What's a happening, Earl? Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I've never, I've always wanted to do that on a podcast or a radio. <laughs> so why not? <laughs> we can have fun on here. Thanks for having me. Now, I don't know about you all, but I have been having a lot of fun exploring and learning about the Washington, D.C. features for App Engine and Automation Engine and Platform over the last couple of months. It's been some challenges finding some of these nuggets, but we've done our homework and we're ready to share with you all. So let's go down the list from our number five to our number one, where number one is that thing we just, the most awesomest feature we can come up with. We're going to go in reverse order from the introduction. So beginning with Mr. Oh Yeah Earl. There's, you can have a new hashtag or something. <laughs> What's your number five, Earl? Uh, I think my number five will probably be. Oh, we're okay. We're reverse order, so let me jump down my list. Uh, one of the things I'm excited for, just for the sake of the things I get to build for myself and for my family on uh, creating fun apps and stuff like that, is offline mode for uh, all client apps on mobile. So on usually. Uh, before when mobile first was getting started, we, there wasn't really an offline mode. You had, you had to always be connected to, uh, the server to get anything done. And, um, which was unfortunate, especially for our field service workers and stuff like that. But in a previous release, they added an offline mode. So you could do stuff on your app, uh, on the ServiceNow app on the agent app, uh, before. And then when you finally get to uh internet connection it would sync back up and it would it would do it cleanly it was really a great feature but it was only for agent and so now that it could be on client apps that means my silly apps like tracking the food we like when we go to restaurants that me and my my partner use um, a lot to see what food we like at different places it's like our own personal yelp basically like that kind of stuff i could do offline and stuff like that and let it sync back up and so that little addition to bring it up to parity is really nice for people building fun stuff you may have some requests for that app it sounds like a very useful app that i could use or convert it to beer or something well yeah our problem was we always would go to restaurants and we would say everyone would be like oh i really liked what i had or oh this wasn't very great 
And then we would come back a year later and we had no idea what we would. What did, did I like order? This? Yeah. Yeah. I I know we got this, but did I like it? Now, now I don't know if I should reorder it. So we made this little we, um, app in service now that tracks all that. And we made a little interface for us. And now we can have an offline mode for it instead of having to always load the app in a browser. <laughs> you see, people, you can make an app for anything. We might have to do an episode on just fun custom use cases like that, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Pranav. So for my to- my fifth pick will be like the undo feature, undo and redo feature in Flow Designer because I have worked on Flow Designer. I like to just remove certain things. I don't like to click on these things, like buttons to delete all these things. And uh, this feature will be really interesting. It will make the Flow Designing process a bit faster. So I really like the feature that we are adding uh, to the release, which are developer-focused. And uh, I don't know, but it's very tough for me to select, to rank these features because all these features have something, like they all deserve to be on number one. So maybe we should put like, we should do, we shouldn't be doing numbering and all. Let me just do bullet points <laughs> going forward. All right. This is like, whose line is it anyway at this point? The numbers are of no significance. The points don't matter. <laughs> yep. So that was my number fifth. That's a good one. I like that one, except I never make mistakes in Flow Designer. Huh. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> now, if there was a way to do this in code and say, just go back and fix that. <laughs> Lauren, what's on your list to start us off? So someone that usually picks all the low Cody features, I wanted to pick something that was a bit more pro Cody to start off my list this year. Um, one major change that's made in Washington, D.C., I have to get in the the habit of saying Washington, D.C., not just Washington, um, is that we've changed the way that log attribution is appearing when making logs. So essentially, each log line will have some additional fields being added to it, the first being an attribution field, which will tell you what type of object has created that log, and the sys idea of sys ID, excuse me, of that object. There will also be a transaction log line kind of attributed to the transaction type, et cetera. So by just looking at the log without adding an additional text, it'll be very easy to see the story of what is being created and from what type of activity on ServiceNow. So I think that'll help a lot with debugging without having to do a lot of extra work to see where things are coming from. My number five is around access controls. Couple of things that we've changed here. One is you now have the ability to temporarily assign roles for specific users and groups. So if somebody needs maybe delegated development roles or something of that nature for a few days, you can apply that and their ACLs apply. It, it Really cool. I wish this was around when I was doing more of the practitioner stuff. And then when it comes to access analyzer, which we introduced in Vancouver, you can now compare two people and say, what roles do you have? What groups are you in? And just take those users and dissect them because if somebody's claiming they have different behavior on ACLs, I see this, you don't see that, and you could you can nail it down with the access analyzer. So very helpful stuff when you're doing ACLs. So if you've heard me on any of these episodes of uh, Breakpoint when we're all together, I tend to have a theme on my stuff. And this year's theme for me, or this release's theme for me is stuff that I know I would have used if I, when I was being, when I was an admin and developer. Yep. That's simply what it, my theme is this year. And time limited temporary roles was something we always dealt with, especially with team members that needed access to subprod stiff um, instances and 
always wondering and forgetting who had access to what and having to have an entire process for that. But now we have something built in. So that was one of the things on my list too. Ooh, sweet. And on top of it, like I built the same requirement for a customer when I was doing consulting. So one of our customer wanted a time specific role. So what we did, we created a table, like which was storing all the data, which was running a schedule job and just removing the roles from the user after a specific time. So finally, like after like four or five releases, it's in the it's in the release itself. I'm glad. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about the architecture of building that. I would have taken a different approach. I would have had a table with an expiration on it, and they use the expiration to fire uh, GS event queue scheduled. So you could schedule an event that runs a script action that then revokes the role. So that's the way I would have built it. But anyway, a lot of people forget about scheduling events. You can do that too. Are we are we boomeranging this? Or are we going to stay in the same linear order? I think we should Learning boomerang. It I think it makes it more fun. <laughs> okay, then it's back to me for number four. My number four should be no surprise. It is the fact that we now have a built-in GraphQL Explorer. This was a Mate-only plugin in Utah, which is how I got away with doing a lab at Knowledge twice, and it is now built right in, like the REST API Explorer. You can find it under the GraphQL menu option, help you build those GraphQL, test those APIs, put in your queries, see the results. It's way cool, and it is very familiar to anyone who's used the third-party Graphical Explorer uh, only now you don't have to put in all the credentials and whatnot. You can just run it like the REST API Explorer and say, here we go, let's let's see how it works and test. And it's got the history and it's got the beautifier and very, very familiar interface with a couple of nice, sweet things for service. Now, of course, it does the introspection right into your API so it knows what the, what the different, I'll call them functions are in your schema. So... I have a lot of fun with that over the last year, year and a half, and I we now all get to enjoy it. You mean you don't have to shove an entire GraphQL query into one line and no. throw it into the REST Explorer anymore? Oh, nice. <laughs> no. Well, my number four on the list is similar to Pranav's with a kind of a simple change, but I think will help people tremendously is the pad field list picker. So previously, when you were configuring an activity, if you wanted to add in fields inside of a dependent table, you had to know the name of every field and add them in separated by commas. So it was very prone to user error. Uh, I misspell stuff all the time, so I always was messing it up. So now we actually just have a simple slush bucket to select the fields that are available versus manually typing them in, which I think will act. All right, I got it, that one. Always trips me up when they ask for field names. Is it sys updated by? Is it sys updated on? Who is it? Just updated? I can't remember some of these field names. Yeah. So that's a nice one, but I have to call you out. You said pad which is an acronym. It is. You have to get the uninitiated. Good point. Process Automation Designer. So Process Automation Designer is one of the automation tools in the ServiceNow platform that allows you as a agent or more of a process owner the ability to configure and kind of template out how things will be automated. Um, and yeah, it's fantastic. I highly, highly recommend it. And now it's even easier to use it. And I will kick things back over to Pranav for his fourth pick as well. All right, for my fourth pick is about, we always talk about developers, what is good for developers and what is good for admins. We never talk about 
agents like who are working on the cases who are actually using it. So I really like this task summarization feature, which is part of multiple products. It's part of mobile, it's part of different product suites. What it does is like it grabs all the information from your short description, description and create a summary for it. I have seen like a lot of people who are working on incidents, the changes, they have a big short description, description and everything. And this particular thing will save a lot of time for the agents. So quick shout out to the product team for bringing this feature for not only for the main instance, but also for our field agents through mobile app. So that's my number fourth pick, passing it to Earl. Okay, I'm going to jumble my list around just because I'm going to get my stuff in before people keep stealing all of my ideas. <laughs> well, the good news is it's boomeranging back to you, so you get two in a row. True. Yeah, I get to do two. Okay, um, I'm going to guess this was one is on other people's too, but they're updating the script background editor. editor to <laughs> I see everybody else's reactions. Um, the, the background editor is going to have um, an actual editor now. It's not just going to be a, a text field and... Uh, especially recently with the updating of the videos for learn JavaScript on the ServiceNow platform, using the background editor or the scripts background has been uh, fun because you don't really see any. I got I've gotten so used to being told when I'm wrong right away as I'm typing when I'm do, writing a script, and now they're finally bringing in an actual editor into script background. And so I'm sure that's going to make a lot of people happy and excited, uh, especially those that don't know about the third party tools out there yeah. that replace it, uh, which uh, as much as people love using like any of those toolkits that are available, people have to remember the vast majority of people out there don't know about those third party tools. And so it finally having a actual editor is going to be nice. I completely agree. This is Frankly, way overdue. I don't know what the technical limitation was for this and why it hasn't had an editor. Uh, yeah, there are third-party tools that pretty much started around this gap. Uh, and if you watch very, very closely on the Did You Know that I released in mid-January, you might notice that I was using the new editor for this explicit purpose. Oh, I think, oh, it's we're boomeranging, right? Okay, so it's back to me. Uh, the next one I have is I really like uh that they're finally i mean this is kind of the theme for next experience and as we go along with each release is more and more of the legacy tools or the tools that we use in our day-to-day -day are being given new consoles or workspaces that make it a better ui uh better usability better experience uh, and so this in this release in washington dc they're adding a clone admin console which uh, it exists alongside the legacy way to do it and look at clones and stuff like that. But being able to see it in a nice UI and what is scheduled and when what is coming up, uh, what instances have clones coming up and being able to do all the exclusions and the preservers all in one space is really nice. Ooh. And it's a really clean UI. Uh, I'm excited that we get to show that off soon, too. Ooh. Yeah. So clone admin console, a lot of people will get to use. Uh, and then back to Pranav exciting feature like i'm not happy that you stole my number one that was scripts background one because i i really like the black and white thing i still use all these community codes and paste it there and run on a dev environment not on prod environment just to see how it works but anyway coming to my third pick it's again a developer focused thing like 
we have something like embedded task automation in RPA. So currently, before the Washington release, like when you are building in like automation, which is attended automation, you had to create a particular form in the middle. So all these RPA developers need to enter the data into that middleware form, and then it goes back to the third-party application. But now what we are trying to do is like we are removing that form. That form will be there, but you can also leverage ServiceNow tables. You can directly get the data from ServiceNow table into the third-party application, which will increase the like build time for all your RPA automations. Because I know because I work on building bots and everything, I know creating a simple form takes a while. So using all these ServiceNow table itself will definitely increase the build time, like decrease the build time, I should say. So that's my number third, passing it to, I think, Lauren for her number three. I don't want to jinx myself, but currently I haven't had any of them taken. So I'm going to keep on rolling with the ones I have set. So my number three for the list uh, is kind of indicative just of the platform uh, maturing. So as our uh, development teams build things. Obviously, specific teams dedicate their times to one aspect of the platform. And so as those kind of bud and grow on the ServiceNow platform, uh, there also grows the need to consolidate things of a very similar-minded pr uh, purpose. So for example, people develop a lot in Flow Designer, but they also develop other types of automation, such as decision tables or actions, um, or also processes within Process Automation Designer. So as of Washington, D.C., there is a unification of all of these within something called Workflow Studio. So that will be a basically a new, oh no, I think I might have based off the, the faces of others. I Poor Pranav, you can just see his face collapse. <laughs> Sorry, Pranav, but it's that cool of a thing. I apologize, but it's that cool of a thing. Well, <laughs> add in your comments now. What what it, what made you pick it higher on the list number three? Yeah, like because this is like I'll be honest. Like when I was not an advocate, I I didn't play with decision table at all. I didn't know what it is. I was going through Flow Designer and was trying to build a similar logic, like which was already, which we can do with decision table. So this kind of experience, uh, when you are doing, when, with uh, this unification of all these builders together, you can see everything. So if you're just familiar with Flow, then you can also see decision table and maybe you can utilize those things up. And uh, like also there is a, some kind of, a, I heard from the product team, there'll be some kind of a guidance like you can probably utilize uh like you can probably utilize decision table or add a uh, subflow to it all these things that you can do so that's why i ranked it higher but yeah thank god it's not on video because like <laughs> my reaction when lauren picked up was <laughs> not sorry. good I think also just so that people understand visually what this might look like, um, if you're currently using the updated homepage of Flow Designer, it'll look very similar. It's just kind of rebranded as Workflow Studio. There's a couple new tabs. So be sure to check it out and play around with other forms of automation that you might not have touched before. And with that, I will kick it off to Chuck for his number three as well. I sense a live coding happy hour coming up on Workflow Studio. Heck yeah. So we can explore and <laughs> learn together. My number three has to do with incoming API credentials. Now, we've had OAuth for a while, and we've added some client grant authorizations to that, so you can do things like 
JWT tokens, excuse me. And the second part of that is we now support API keys. Now, this is just my policy, but take it for what it's worth. When you're doing system to system integrations, API keys are a lot easier to manage than constantly going back and refreshing OAuth tokens, sometimes manually. If it's user to system, that's where OAuth really shines. So take it for what it's worth, your policies and procedures and, you know, um, take it for what it's worth. Your policies may vary, but that's just my personal stance on that. So we've got new grant types in OAuth and we've got API keys for those incoming APIs. My number two is about remote tables. Again, another integration, unplanned theme here. I love my integrations. Remote tables are the ability to get data from a remote system, let's say your CRM or your ERP, MRP system, and bring it into service now, but not store it in a table like a traditional integration. You don't have a copy of it to maintain. It's in it's in like a cache, and you can say how long the cache is alive. But it behaves just like a table for reporting and whatever else you want to do with it. Typically, until now, these have been built and maintained through outbound REST APIs in script. You had to have this related script that said, go over to your run this and do that. It may be calling outbound REST APIs directly or it may be calling actions. Now you can trigger a flow. So easier to build, easier to maintain, use that commonality of existing actions and spokes that are already out there. And it just makes those remote tables a little more accessible to everyone. Lauren? So similarly, I am picking another form of which you can trigger flows, which is finally by analytics. I When I saw this in the list of DOIs or, or the list that we get prior to the version coming out, I cannot tell you how excited I was for this new functionality. So essentially, once set, specific analytics triggers can automate your flows being turned on. So previously, it was just any type of interaction with a record, events, triggers, date, time. And now with the addition to the new REST one that Chuck was speaking of, we now have the ability to trigger these from specific analytics results. So think of when a certain report hits a certain number that can automate a flow without any extra work. Um, I think that this is long overdue, frankly. I'm so excited that it's finally here to remove that extra step of automation being driven by results and being driven by statistics as well without the need of human intervention. Very excited for that. And on to Pranav's number two. What do you got? All right. I need to see my list now because you folks have already taken so everything. <laughs> you didn't have a couple of spares? <laughs> I have a few now. So for my number two, it's the mobile SGK. So you might have already seen this in tech now. So this is like, coming from my consulting days, like I worked with a lot of clients. They had their own custom applications. They wanted to add some like service now capabilities. So we gave them all these REST APIs to use, which was like, yeah, it it took a while to build. Now we have mobile SGK. So everything is built in. Now your iOS or Android developers can utilize those SGK and add your ad service now capabilities to your own apps. 
that's that's my number two and one more thing like if you are someone who is very new to android and ios development what you can do is like we have a sample code because mobile sdk i think is a store app so if you go on store there is a sample app that our team has put there so that you can utilize that app try some examples on your own and install android studio or i don't know what's for ios apps but uh, install those things and try to build all add your capabilities to your custom app so that's my number two passing it to earl so my number two before i switched it with script background editor <laughs> sorry um <laughs> was uh in they're adding performance testing into the automated testing framework so atf and so you're going to be able to use existing uh, ATF tests or create new ones specifically for this to just test how your system is performing. So you'll be able to see if a, a particular test is suddenly going much slower or if a new feature that you've added is impacting performance of your system, of your instance. And so just great because I remember as a developer for customers, we would always get the question of like, my instance is slow. What what did you do? It was always our fault. Um, and now we can actually point to uh, data tests and say like, we didn't do it. Did you refresh your browser? Did, was it something on your end? But we have a little bit more assurance that it's not something that uh, we have control over that is affecting instance slowness or performance. So that's a, a nice thing for me. And then my number one, I picked this one just because when I think back about when I got into tech, one of the very first things that I did in a real world setting in, in my one of my first jobs was uh, learn scripting for Visual Basic for applications. So learning some scripting within Excel. That was my first time playing around with code at work. And I wasn't a coder. I wasn't a developer. Um, but it really made my life easier. And I became kind of the Excel a guru mastermind of the office and I started automating a lot of things within Excel for us and so uh, bringing all those skills into service now has been very helpful so knowing Excel has always been very helpful for me in my job even as a ServiceNow developer I would constantly export data from uh, a table and then do quick three button presses inside Excel to figure out the answer that I needed that I knew ServiceNow couldn't do quickly or at all, really. Uh, and so one of the tools that um, it's not like the biggest and flashiest thing, but uh, they're adding a data comparison tool into ServiceNow. And so you'll be able to see, uh, compare different records on um, within the system or um, with between systems, and it'll actually tell you, here's the deltas, here's what's added, here's what's different, here's what's um, all the way down to like the XML of what's different. And that's something that I know I would do every so often or even um, every day is pull out records from ServiceNow just to do quick comparisons because it was easier for me to do it in Excel. And so that was one of my, that's my number one. And it's not as flashy, but I know that I like seeing uh, these kind of convenient tools for things that I know people out there would be doing outside of system, but now they could do it inside ServiceNow. Whew, that's my number one. Uh, and now we're going to do the number one round and Throw it back to Pranav. 
All right. Thanks, Earl. And for my number one, I talked about mobile SDK for number two. I'm going to talk about platform SDK for my number one. So platform SDK is something like that. I, when I saw from one of the product manager at first, to be very honest, I'm not a pro code developer, so I didn't understand it. But as soon as I get some hands on it, like it's it's one of the one of the powerful feature to create apps so like to give a bit background to people who are hearing about it for the first time servicenow sdk allows developers to create and modify scoped application in a third party like third party tool like vs code and you can utilize in industry standard development practices. So th this particular thing will allow more people like who are working as full stack developers come up and build apps on the ServiceNow platform. I know like uh, 30 seconds or one minute, it's not enough time to explain ServiceNow SDK. So we'll be having a greater toolbox episode with our product manager who will be having much more knowledge than me on this particular product and they will share their expertise alongside a demo and uh, yeah that was my number one passing it to lauren we'll also be talking to our product managers on the next episode of breakpoint about this as well so this we'll get more into the philosophy stuff because i know you want to see this in action but we want to hear why we did some of these things and understand uh, the 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 reason for some of these products sorry didn't mean to interrupt over to you lauren that's <laughs> okay you gave me a dramatic pause i appreciate it so my number one pick uh, which I will also say that I'm proud that my list, none of things, nothing got stolen. So I'm like, all right, sweet. I, I get to talk about all my stuff. But my number one pick is something that I think has been long coming ever since the success of App Engine Studio. Obviously, first we had Studio, which was a huge breakthrough. That was ServiceNow's first IDE. Then we had App Engine Studio. So I think it's only very fitting that we're moving forward into the future with a brand new Creator Studio. So Creator Studio will not be coming out until the second store release. So don't go poking around looking for it the second that Washington, D.C. comes out. However, it is a brand new building IDE on the ServiceNow platform. What is making it different from App Engine Studio? Well, first, it's focusing more on being the, also the target for all the new Gen AI features that we have for creators. So think of things like text to form, text to process, uh, logically think bigger and larger for possible future use cases of text to insert blank here. That is the place they will be occupying. Um, also, we are further expanding the capabilities to touch even lower code developers than we ever have before. So creating a more simplified version of the kind of wizard style builders that already exist. And then on top of that, introduce a more use case based app creation process as well. So again, this will not be coming out to the second store release. So think around more around knowledge-ish time to play around and test this. However, it is something that I could not be more excited for and nothing could uh, occupy my number one spot other than that. And for our grand finale, I will toss it to Chuck Tomasi for his number one for Washington, D.C. Well, Lauren, I hate to kill the buildup on number one. Mine was already taken with the uh, scripts background, but I can't underscore enough how happy I am to see this in the product with line numbers and formatting and all the good things we know about you know, just doing scripts background. I'm sorry to the people who have spent decades building <laughs> add-ons and plugins and apps. They are still very wonderful tools. There are things about James Neal's Explore that make it a wonderful tool to use if you choose to keep doing that 
great. Don't don't abandon these just because we got line numbers. Uh, SN Utils has some other wonderful features as well. So you may be tied to the slash commands and never gone to Scripps background, but we still have that available if you if you want. So that is my complete list. Is that the end of everybody? So we got all our number ones. That's everyone's number one and two and three and four and five. <laughs> Any closing comments? Looking forward to Washington. Very much looking forward to Washington. Be sure to check out devlink.sn slash Washington or Washington, D.C. to check out the full list of the upcoming content calendar as well. Yes, we hinted at a few. I think we even made up a few. We'll see what actually how the how the cards lie when when we get there in the next few days. We'll be coming up with that as we record this. So by the time you hear it, it's out. Devlink.sn slash Washington DC or Washington if you want to save a couple of keystrokes. Well, listener, thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We can't tell you we are so fired up and ready to go with Washington DC release. And we hope you are too by this point. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to check out the other ServiceNow podcasts. You can find them at servicenow.com slash community under the events menu. Subscribe to this podcast for free and get it automatically delivered to you. Of course, Breakpoint at this point is brought to you by ServiceNow and it's produced by me and Lauren. To find out more about the ServiceNow developer program, get yourself a Washington, D.C. PDI or upgrade your existing instance to Washington, D.C., head over to developer.servicenow.com. And once again, thank you, thank you so much, Pranav, Earl, and Lauren for sharing with us today. Yay, thanks for having us. I've enjoyed mine. Thank you. Please let us know what you think about this podcast. You can leave feedback or ask questions in the ServiceNow community. For more great information on ServiceNow development, check out the ServiceNow developer portal at developer.servicenow.com. Thanks for listening. No, wait. Yes. Okay. Yes. Proud of. Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. The next one I've got is. No. I got it. I got it. I got it. Are you sure? Kind of bonkers to me that. that okay. Oh, all right. Whiplash. Oh, it hurts. Pranav, do you know where we got that from? It was not in my slides. Lauren? I don't know. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time we did something on the show when we made something up. Wait, wait, wait. Chuck, then where did you get it for your list? I don't know. Oh, it's my turn. Oh, okay. I Okay, so let me. I'm back. Okay, my turn. Oh, I get to do number two and one, right? Okay. Chuck, you might need to do it again. Really? What a fun episode to edit. I'm so happy I didn't throw my hat in the ring for this one. Good enough for government work.